Hi, and welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny podcast, where every single Tuesday we interview a new guest to talk about topics to help you craft your own fit life. The title Stop Chasing Skinny comes from my own personal tagline of life begins when you stop chasing skinny. You see, I spent many years running many miles, taking many classes, and trying many diets, but none of those worked. So finally, I got down to the business of understanding what really matters. And it's not just about how much exercise you can do or how little you can eat. It's everything else that goes into it. So I created this podcast to help you so you can craft your own fit life. Every single Tuesday, you can listen to an interview with a guest. And now every Friday, you can listen to me a second time, where I take questions you have sent to me, and I spend about 15 minutes answering them. You can even feed your brain this nourishing brain food by listening while you're cooking, commuting, cleaning, walking the dog, or just about anything else, because that is how we craft a fit life. So let's get on with the show. Today's guest is Gail Mitch. Gail and I go way back to at least 2010. Gail and I met through doing fitness competitions, but since then we've both decided to live a much healthier life. Gail is a mother of two and she believes in consistent, easy steps to create a life that we want. She is also a board certified cosmetologist and makeup artist and a personal trainer and wellness coach in Columbus, Ohio. I wanted to ask Gail about how she went through her entire pregnancies living a very healthy life and she didn't have necessarily super easy pregnancies either. A lot of morning sickness. She has a lot of advice to give us and I absolutely love her fitness philosophy. And welcome to the show, Gail. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here. This is awesome to have you. I have these questions asked of me all the time from new moms, prospective moms, um, pregnant to be moms. And I honestly don't know how to answer a lot of the questions that they ask me and the expectations. So I thought, why not have Gail, one of the fittest, but lifestyle fittest women that I know, come on and talk about her healthy pregnancies. So Gail, can you tell us a little bit more about your background, your fitness journey, and your, really your fitness philosophy? Sure, I'd love to. So, you know, I was always into fitness through high school and college, and it was just always part of my life. I always admired people with strong muscular bodies, and, uh, you know, so it was always fun for me to work out. I didn't really take too much about diet at the time with, um, you know, being 18 years old, I didn't really know I needed to, but, um, you know, after that, after college, I started getting really into like healthy eating. I even competed in fitness competitions in 2010 and 11. And for me, that became too extreme. And so it really shaped my overall fitness philosophy. And also during my pregnancies, um, I became a personal trainer and really developed more of a approachable 365 something that you can do day in and day out approach to fitness and healthy eating. And I was able to maintain this philosophy through both of my pregnancies um, as a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and a health and wellness coach. So now tell us, um, how old are your children? So when I ask you these questions and your advice, somebody has an idea of how close they were in age and being born and how old they are now. Sure. My son is currently just turned four and my daughter just turned two. So they are actually within the same week, exactly two years apart. And um, so, yep. 
kind of crazy, but good. <laughs> That's tough. Um, cool. So I think that gives the audience a really good understanding of where you're coming from when you do give this advice, because I hear all different kinds of advice out there. And I feel like anytime you take somebody's advice, then you need to understand where they're coming from to begin with. Definitely. <laughs> so, Definitely. Um, so what advice do you give to women who are not yet pregnant moms to be? They want to get pregnant because um, this question it comes to me all the time. Hey, Stephanie, I just did your 12 week online fitness challenge and I'm doing your monthly membership and I'm thinking about getting pregnant. Will I lose everything that I've gained? Will I be able to maintain it? Will I be able to continue to work out? Yeah, those are really good questions. And I feel like when you haven't ever had a pregnancy before, it's so much unknown. So I definitely recommend to moms that are, you know, kind of in that state trying to get pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant to obviously make sure that your nutrients are on point. Any doctor is going to tell you to make sure you're taking a prenatal vitamin. Um, And I even have talked to maternal fetal medicine doctors at Ohio State here, some of the best in the country. They've actually told me to take extra folic acid on top of that. You basically can't OD on folic acid and it just creates the best possible environment for your baby to grow. And also on top of that, taking a really good quality fish oil. So those were things that were recommended to me by, like I said, the maternal fetal medicine doctors here at Ohio State. Um, I think something else that's really important to think about is your workout routine. You can continue your workout routine that you've been doing as long as, you know, your doctor agrees um, throughout your pregnancy and while you're trying to get pregnant. You just really need to adjust your goals. So it can't be for weight loss. It needs to be for other things because you can't be trying to lose weight and get pregnant at the same time. Um, You know, those goals need to be more about just being the healthiest version of yourself and finding things that you can keep in a routine because once that baby, you do get pregnant or that baby does come, keeping that routine in there is so important because it's really hard to get back to it if you haven't done it for nine months. The other thing as far as, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, they say the other thing as far as diet goes is you can't be restrictive. You can't be in a lose weight diet um, mindset. You have to think about all the nutrients and how many micronutrients you can get into your body, whether it's through fruit and vegetables, full fat dairy, full fat meats. Like you want to really give your body as many nutrients so you're, you know, creating that baby and the baby's growing with as much possible, you know, nutrients as, as you can get. So what about a woman who has never worked out is thinking about working out because she's thinking about getting pregnant and is concerned about maybe um, extra weight gain. So now like after the pregnancy. So what would you say for somebody who's just getting started and trying to get pregnant at the same time? I think number one, you obviously have to get the advice from your doctor because, you know, most doctors that I've spoken to say that you can keep doing what you've been doing, but you can also start you know, with a light workout routine, if you've not had one previously, and then work with your doctor on what to continue or start once you get pregnant at that point. I feel like if you're new to exercise, keeping it in the low intensity area, um, you just want to continue to do something lighter. And then if you've been like running marathons, you know, it's a little, you have a different prescription during your pregnancy, obviously. That's a good point. So then what advice do you give pregnant women? Number one, listen to your body. And for a lot of really strong, like I'm going to do everything. My ego is huge. I can, you know, go hard all day long. People, this is really a challenge, you know, like to listen to your body. I remember with my first pregnancy, 
about six months in, I was doing squats and all of a sudden it felt like every time I squatted, my abs were ripping and I'm like, uh, this isn't good. What am I not supposed, you know? And so I really had to like adjust my workouts and listen to my body. And that was not easy for me because I'm so used to doing heavy lower body and things like that. So you really need to listen to your body and it's going to be different from day to day. And it's going to be different from month to month during the pregnancy. Um, but at the same time, you can't get too lazy. So if you have morning sickness or, you know, your doctor's like, you've got to stop. Obviously those are reasons to, you know, not work out or not continue your exercise routine. But as soon as you feel better, you at least need to get back to doing something. Cause I think continuing that routine is so important. Like I said before, if you go nine months with doing nothing, once that baby comes, it's going to be even harder to get back into your fitness routine. Yeah, that's um, a good point. The other thing is, <laughs> Um, you know, same thing when you're, we thought before pregnancy, like, why don't they have like a diet for pregnant women? Like what you should eat exactly when you're pregnant. Well, the thing is, is because the first few months, a lot of women are so sick. Like you're lucky, like you just eat what you can. You have to listen to your body on that. Um, with morning sickness or, you know, severe nausea, you're not going to maybe be able to eat meat or protein all the time. Like it, it just won't be okay for your body. Once again, that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. You just need to get whatever nutrients you can at the time. And then once you're feeling better, go back to those healthy meals with lots of nutrients, lots of color, good protein, full fat, just so that your baby's getting all of that. But you don't need too much extra calories either. So there's a good balance there. You just really need to see, you know, what point in your pregnancy you're at and how you're feeling. That's an excellent point. Yeah, as far as exercise too, I'm assuming like if you don't feel well, if you're tired, um, because building a baby is a lot of hard work. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, even just maintaining com- some kind of uh, walking routine, right? Because you, yeah. you, you know, you got to get that stress out. Yep, and it's so good. I mean, like I said, there's those days where you're not going to be able to if you're like me and had severe morning sickness. But once you feel better, even if it's like 18 weeks in, like just start walking, even if it's on a treadmill, if you're in a wintry place or go outside and walk if the weather's nice, just things like that. Just maintaining that that routine is so helpful and it's good for the baby, too. Yeah, you're not kidding about that. So then you had a little one and you were pregnant at the same time. How did you Mm -hmm. kind of navigate that? Like what were some of the the tricks that you used to make sure that you were still getting activities in, that you were leaving the house? I know sometimes it can be pretty challenging to get everybody together, yourself and the baby included. What what did you do there? Um, Well, you know, it was interesting because my son had just turned two when my daughter was born. So he was still completely dependent on me. You know, I had to feed him still. I dress him, change him, get him out the door. So, you know, a lot of things were the two like tools that I used that were so helpful to me is one, um, it's a, like a bigger version of a pack and play. And I would keep that in our kitchen, which was right by our door to get out to the garage. And I would put my daughter in there and getting my son ready and then out the door, get him in his car seat and settled and then get my daughter and then her. So I knew he was safe. And I, you know, he could sit in there with a toy for a couple minutes while I got my daughter ready and then I could get her in the car and then myself in the car. And it just, it took a few extra minutes, but I knew everybody was safe and it was one less thing I had to think about. The second tool that I used was a little fold up stroller thing that my daughter's car seat would click into. So I didn't have to carry her heavy car seat while trying to keep a hold of my, you know, two year old running in a parking lot or something. So I could easily push her in the click in and click out with the car seat and make sure my son was safe at the same time. And so that made mobilizing three of us, mm-hmm. whether it was to the grocery store or, you know, to go play or anything like that, a lot easier. 
because it can be a really big challenge getting out the door with two little ones. Yeah. And I mean, we know just as individuals, a lot of times if you, the hardest part is just getting to the gym, getting to the place. Once you're there, you're there. So you're right. Adding in a couple of very small humans would make it extra challenging, but it's not impossible. And you live in Ohio where you have to deal with snow, right? Correct. <laughs> so we're going to take yeah, a really so that quick... always adds a fun layer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we're going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back. SK Fit Life also has downloadable programs, including Fitness Model Labs, a 30 day meal plan and recipe download, 52 weeks of high intensity interval training routines, a supplementation guide download, vision board planning toolkit and much more. Check them out under the shop tab on the website. And welcome back. Okay, I want to keep talking about the advice that you would give to new moms. Let's kind of take a tiny step back and talk to new moms who have just given birth and they want to be like the you know, the celebrities who get their bodies back in three months. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that because by you saying that you are very driven and you get things done, I think that you, you know, a lot of the audience can really identify with you. I know I can. And so, you know, in, in a lot of life, you can just push forward and make it happen. What changes when you have a baby and like how long is, is kind of a, a, a better, more realistic timeline that's not going to drive you insane? Yeah. I mean, the number one advice I give to new moms is go easy on yourself. And that's so much easier said than done because we're naturally very hard on ourselves. Right. Um, so yeah, that real, that expectation of a celebrity that bounces back and is in a dress to Oscars three weeks later after they just given birth is absolutely ridiculous. I'm glad for that person if that's what they did, but that is not realistic and that is not the norm. So I think to, to really give yourself, you have to go easy on yourself and the bounce right back is a myth. So it might take seven to nine months till you fit back into the clothes the way you like. And that's fine. You know, like you can't expect your body to just change overnight or like the shape of it kind of shifts. So to shift back, it's going to take time and you have to be okay with that. And then what's the difference between having one and then having your second one? Well, I would say the first time, I mean, obviously you're going to be a couple years younger the first time my body definitely responded a little bit faster. Like I was fitting back into my, um, you know, jeans and things again, the way I liked to probably within like six to seven months, that first baby. Whereas with the second one, I was a couple years older. I had a lot more going on with obviously two kids. It took a little bit longer. So it was closer to that nine month mark before I was like, okay, I can wear my clothes again and feel good. Um, you know, you have less time to cook. You have to be smarter about your workouts because you just don't have the time. Yeah. And then um, I, I do see at, on social media, um, Jamie Eason or whatever her new last name is. Yeah. I cannot remember at the moment, but she always posts her her pictures out there of the process that she's been going through. And so, and she shares a lot of that stuff. So, you know, I, I recommend, you know, if you're not quite sure. And so she was a fitness model too. So you have to say like, okay, so in addition to, uh, 
I don't even know. She where makes I was a going. living by looking that way. Yes, she makes a living by working. <laughs> so that's by more pressure, <laughs> right? No pressure. You know, and the other thing too is uh, a lot of people will say, "Oh, it's not." Well, I mean, you're completely different. You're a fitness model, or you've done fitness competitions. I mean, we're still humans, you know, but we do yeah, oh, we, we do know a few um, a few different little training. Um, Sure. Tricks <laughs> for I mean, with, the aesthetics. With my son, um, after my first pregnancy, you know, I, I didn't really belong to a gym at the time. And I and I didn't feel comfortable bringing him to a sitter because he was such a young child, you know, infant. Uh, so when he would nap, I literally had a jump rope and a couple sets of dumbbells. And in my basement, I would set a timer for 20 to 30 minutes and just do different intervals in my basement. And that is, and I, the, you know, that worked for me. It was the way I could get in my workout and be consistent. And I think the consistency part of it was what paid off after those, you know, seven months and being able to work out at home on my schedule without worrying about the safety of my child. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Consistency wins every single time, doesn't it? Yes. And it's just people think they need to spend all this money on fancy gym equipments or going to classes. And that's just not the case. So, you know, just really being easy on yourself and being consistent with with the jump rope and dumbbells at home, you can do it. Yeah. And like you said, 20 to 30 minutes, if you consistently do that every single day, then you'll, you will get there. It, it adds up. I think yeah. that, you know, it's the expectations kind of going back to like what we see on social media or celebrities. Another difference with the second baby, um, once you have a toddler and a newborn, the time to cook and prepare your meals the second time around was just even less. And this took a really big toll on both my husband and myself because he was used to me cooking all of our meals, packing all the lunches. And, you know, at night when you have two little ones and you're trying to get bedtimes and nurse a baby and feed a toddler, there was not time for cooking and dishes. There was just not. And so I really had to find ways. How can we still be healthy and work towards our goals without driving ourselves nuts, you know, and like being even more tired than we already were and finding a food prep service in your city or um, a meal delivery service, even if it's just for one of your meals a day. Or even, you know, finding a way to replace some of your meals with a supplement, a shake, a full meal replacement shake and things like that makes life like a hundred times easier. And I recommend that consistently to people because I'm like, you don't have to do this forever. But right now for these years that you're going to have two little ones like this, it just takes such a weight off of you. And you can still get your results without spending hours in the kitchen that you just don't have. That's such a good point. Such a good point. So let's talk a little more about how how you and Brian have really kind of tag teamed this parenting thing because I think the way you guys do it and the um, the way you incorporate fitness into your kids' lives are is awesome. So I have to give a little story. So I stayed with Gail last year and um, there were a lot of things going on at the time in the house like it was being sold and it was being shown and all these things and it was great because every day Brian got home from work he would take Jacob, the four year old and say hey Jacob, let's go for our bike ride and so they would both jump on bikes, ride through the neighborhood and then Gail, I watched you cook dinner or whatever you needed to do at home uh, with Avery and so you were, it, it was just great to see how you guys work together on that Thanks. That's really, that makes me, that feels really good to hear that. Um, you know, Brian and I have the philosophy with parenthood that's about divide and conquer. So, you know, it's a 50, 50 thing. And I think it's wonderful that our kids see that, um, you know, from a, from a perspective of a modern family. And also it allows both of us to really, you know, focus on our strengths where mine is more of like the cooking and, 
um, you know, getting the kids ready and things like that. And Brian's is a lot more like doing activities with the kids and more of the, the cleanup stuff. So we kind of just, hey, this is what you're good at. This is what I'm good at. Let's both divide and conquer on this. And then, you know, we get a lot more done in a lot less time. That's awesome. And and you incorporate the kids in everything too. It's not just yeah. like, oh, you guys go over there and do that for a little bit because I'm taking care of this. Like Avery was in the kitchen while you were cooking. You know, she's watching everything that you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's cool now. I mean, Jacob, with him being four, he actually likes to help me cook a lot of the times and, you know, he'll help me wash the vegetables and then he'll help me after I've cut them up, he'll toss them in the olive oil or the sea salt. And, you know, it's really cool that he's just seeing like how fresh food gets cooked. Um, whether or not he always eats it, you know, that's yet to be seen because kids, you know, toddlers are so finicky. Uh, but just even from our pediatrician's advice, just surrounding our kids, giving them healthy choices, letting them see us make healthy choices without even really even talking about it, but just as just part of our life is so good for them to grow up mentally. Let's talk a little more about that because I hear that too. Parents are like, oh man, you know, I eat so healthy. My kids won't eat vegetables. Are there any tricks? And it's great that you just said, hey, sometimes this happens to the healthiest of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. I feel like with both my kids up until that two-year-old point, they're kind of like, they just want to eat whatever I'm eating. And then they start getting preferences. And I don't think it's that they dislike or like something as much as what mood they're in because toddlers tend to be really moody. And one day they might like chicken and the next day they want nothing to do with it. Well, they don't dislike chicken. They're just in the mood. So, you know, the next night we're still going to provide the same things. They can eat what they want to eat. And, you know, no, they don't always eat their vegetables and that's okay, but they're not going to starve themselves. We know we're giving them healthy options to choose from. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And, and without forcing it on them, but, but making it their choice and making it always available and then them watching you guys do it yourselves. That's great. Exactly. So we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Did you download the app yet? SK Fit Life has an app. You may be listening to the show on it. If not, you can just download the app on the website skfitlife.com. And welcome back. Okay, cool. Let's just keep talking about this nutrition thing. So you mentioned a meal replacement shake. This comes up all the time. You and I happen to love the same one. Um, So can you tell us more about what to look for in a meal replacement shake, which one you like, which I like, um, and then why you like that compared to the other ones? Because this question comes up every single week, if not multiple times every (laughs) single week. And, you know, they'll say, well, what about this one compared to the one you like? And, you know, I'll give I'll give a breakdown. And I mean, there are very few that I've found that are as good as the one that we totally swear by and have since like 2010. (laughs) So what do you look for in the shake? Well, in a meal replacement shake, it's that. I want it to replace a full healthy meal. So, you know, if my typical meal is some healthy protein, healthy fats, and a healthy carb or starch, and I need something really quick on the go, I need it to comprise of that, but not just on a macronutrient level. I need it to have all the vitamins and nutrients that I would get from leafy green vegetables, from fruits. I need those vitamins and minerals because I know without those, I start getting weird cravings. I start feeling crappy and tired. So I look for a meal replacement shake that has all of that. And the one that we love is Isogenics Isolane Shakes because it is as close to 
you know, cooking your own meal as possible with zero added fake sugars, zero added preservatives and zero coloring or anything like that, which I try to avoid just in everyday life anyways. So for me, I just want it to be absolutely as close to equaling what I would cook myself. Yeah. And I second that. And you're absolutely right about the the cravings um, and the energy. I have much better energy when I'm having the shakes than if I don't. And I tested that out accidentally when I lived in Costa Rica and couldn't have them shipped to me. <laughs> and I was like, I was slowly like winding down. And then my mom came to visit and she brought some with her. And seriously, within just the, uh, the next couple of days, I felt like I was back on point. Um, so, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about some of these other ingredients because like I said, people will say, well, what about this one? Or what about that one? Um, the artificial sugars, like what are some of those words that we look out for? Uh, what are some of the dangers associated with those? Like, why do we really care about that? Well, I really think it depends a on the person and how it affects their body. I know with me, uh, I've had chronic migraines since I was nine years old. So I personally cannot consume those things because they can trigger a migraine for me. And even if it's not that day, the build of it up of it over time, it gets to a threshold and then I go into migraine and I can't live my life like that because A, I don't want to miss out on life and B, I don't want to miss out on my family. And so the reason it's important to me is because I would rather have my sugars from fruits and vegetables where they naturally come from and my body's like, hey, yeah. Like there's nutrients in here too. It's not some artificial thing. Yeah. Um, but I really think it depends on the person. I'm sure some people do fine with them. I don't, I don't think they're good for you in general. Um, I don't think they're necessary. And I think that it's just one of those things that you can do without, like it's a, a manufactured thing that we don't need. Yep. I completely agree. And I mean, I, I feel, I can definitely feel that I don't feel well. And I, I love how you said that it's kind of the buildup. It's not like I'll have something that has artificial sweetener, especially sucralose. Um, and then right. I automatically feel like garbage. It's that if there is something that on a regular basis, it does build up and you do start to feel pretty darn crappy. Um, so let's talk. Yeah, and one of the things I heard, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry about that. One of no, the things I heard though, I heard this a while ago with the, with the artificial sugar thing is you don't really think about how much you're consuming when you allow it all the time, because let's say you're putting some in your coffee in the morning and then you have an afternoon coffee, but then it was also in your yogurt during your snack. And then, you know, it was in your fake dessert at night. So it's really adding up. And if you have a diet Coke or, you know, all of these things throughout the day, you might not think it's a lot, but it really does add up. And you're doing that every single day, day in and day out. Now you have these like high levels of this building up in your system. And I think that like we get addicted to that sweet, sweet flavor because artificial sugar is actually sweeter than natural sugars found in fruits and vegetables. So when you're really addicted to that, like the fruits and vegetables don't taste as good as they should. And then you're craving more sugary, sweet things, i.e. cookies, candy bars, you know, things like that instead of the natural apple or red pepper like those are the things that should taste sweet or like a piece of dark chocolate you're spot on with that because I I used to have artificial sweeteners all the time back in the day when I was also chasing skinny. I thought I could just eat a bunch of diet foods and if it was low calories mm-hmm. and low fat, it was all good. But you're right. I I Fruit did not taste the same. Like now, if I eat a grapefruit, I eat it like an orange. I don't have to put yeah. any sugar on it. It is so sweet to me, but that's because I've retrained my taste buds to actually appreciate yep. that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's a real thing. Like, you know, when I was helping my parents switch from what they were used to, to like finding a healthy, you know, balanced life for them, 
it took a while because their taste buds were so used to crap like and fake stuff, you know, to really get them to like think like, oh my gosh, this is sweet. This is actually really good. There's a shift. There's a period of time you have to give yourself. Yeah. And, and it's okay too, if you need to kind of bring yourself down off of it because you want it to be sustainable for the long term. It's kind of like deciding you're going to quit caffeine. Yep. I don't recommend anybody just quit caffeine. Like maybe do half no. decaf <laughs> for a week or two, right. you know, like wean yourself off of that. Exactly. It has to be a sustainable process. So I want to talk a little more about what an actual meal replacement shake looks like because I hear this sometimes too. Oh, it's it's just 140 calories. And to me, I think <laughs> that's not a meal. <laughs> right, right. Um, no, I mean, let's see. I don't think there, I mean, it's been proven out there that, you know, you can have six meals a day or three meals a day or two meals a day. Look, it doesn't matter. It's about, you know, that total number of calories you're getting. What doesn't really matter how you split it up, but like 140 calories is like nothing. You're not going to stay full. You're going to be looking for food 10 minutes later, you know? So I think, you know, actual a meal, if you think about it is, you know, around 300 calories or more. And that's, you know, you can add things to it to obviously bring it up to five or 600 calories if you're, if you're needing that, you know, for hard training or things. Yeah. Yeah. And then I want to talk about the quality of protein because a lot of people um, haven't gotten the memo on soy. And so they think, oh, it's soy, like it's good for me. So let's talk a little bit about the the quality of protein and the source because the isogenic shakes, it's undenatured whey protein. Um, So, you know, if anybody's heard of that, it's awesome. But what about the other proteins that are out there? Um, You know, I think... I'm just so used to, I haven't had soy protein in so long now. Um, that's another thing for me is it depends on the person. I mean, I think for women avoiding soy protein is very important because it can mimic estrogen in our bodies, causing us to gain weight instead of losing it, causing our hormone levels to be incorrect. Um, and so I just think there's a lot of dangers, especially with processed soy. Um, so I just really stay away from it. And for me, it's another one of my migraine triggers. So I have to also be very careful with that. Um, but there, it's, a, it's another thing. It's just one of those things that modern agriculture has brought. It's not supposed to be in all of our foods. There's not supposed to be soy this and soy that. And this. if you look at soybean oil and soy lecithin and all this stuff, that's not naturally in food. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all, uh, you know. So, but as far as the undenatured way, it's, it's just more bioavailable to your body. You know, you might see this shake at GNC, right? And it says, oh, 36 grams of protein. Well, the way it's been heated and processed and over-processed, your body's not really absorbing that 36 grams of protein. So you're having that after your workout, but you're maybe only getting, you know, like half, even though it says it's that much. Whereas with the undenatured way, it's a lot more bioavailable. Um, I've heard, you know, almost up to 100%, your body's actually able to use it, especially after a hard workout or something. Yeah, that's a good point. And then it changes the um, the amino acid profile too, right? Like it's a really good amino acid profile compared to maybe something that has been superheated and now changed the molecular structure, right? Right, exactly. So I do want to point this out too. I learned this not too, too long ago. Somebody was asking me about the uh, amino acid profile of the isogenic shakes because they were using them. And so I started doing more research. I knew it was good, but I didn't realize that the whole amino acid thing where you can buy amino acids in a container separate from the protein powder. So I read that 
amino acids are something that marketers were like, oh yeah, we can sell this stuff because we started looking at it from the protein powder standpoint. And we said, wow, there's a value to this. And so what happened was a lot of companies were like, oh, well, we can synthesize this. We can make synthetic amino acids and we can sell that off. And so those also taste like garbage. And so almost all of them also have some kind of artificial flavor sweetener. Yep probably color too. And so I just think, you know, listeners, they just like, what, what is your take on that? Like it just, you know, and if it's, if it's synthesized, it's not bioavailable. So basically you're just taking in some chemicals, right? Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, I just personally try to avoid that because it's just not something natural. And it's, I mean, it isn't, I'm not saying you have to do everything hundred percent natural, but for me, I, I don't want blue dye number four, in my body. Like I just there's, there's no point to it. So why, why can't, you know, like things like that, I just try to avoid in general. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was really eye opening to see like where branch chain amino acids came from the BCAAs, you know, Mm -hmm. how they decided to start selling them and is there, are they of value? And really, I guess the whole point of this is if you have a solid branch chain amino acid makeup in your regular diet, there is no need to take the extra stuff. And the extra stuff is synthetic and full of artificial stuff. So, um, kind of a waste. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so is there anything else that you would like to tell the listeners about being a healthy mom and staying a healthy mom? Because I know it's the toughest job in the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's such an amazing thing. I used to be, pre-pregnancy, I was so hard on my body and I really went to extremes. And then I think one of the, the most amazing things about pregnancy is it made me really appreciate my body and being a woman and just loving my body. And I think that is so important. Like, look what your body is capable of, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, it doesn't matter. Just the fact that your body is capable of such a cool, amazing process, you know, you have to appreciate that and stop beating your body up. Our bodies are meant to take care of, not to torture. And, you know, so you really need to love your body, love yourself and any process that you have gone through with it, whether it's kids or not. Um, and the, another thing I would tell moms out there, and this comes from, you know, being around other women and people having judged my pregnancies or my motherhood choices is only, you know, what's best for you and your family, for you and your baby. It doesn't matter what Sally Joe says about breastfeeding or bottle feeding or about this or about that. Only, you know, what's best for you and your baby. And that is so important because it does not matter what other people think in that case. Um, and I know there's a lot of judgment from this and that and the other, but we just need to support each other as mothers and as women and not be judgmental because you are not in that family situation. You don't know what their day to day is and you don't know what's best for that family. Only that mother does. And let's just support other people, other women, and not judge them. That is awesome, because I've heard that's pretty tough. So how can listeners find you? I know you're always putting awesome videos out there. You incorporate your kids into it so they can, you know, viewers can see how you really are living this life. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at gailmitch614. You can find me on Facebook at gailmitch or at Healthy Balanced Life. And then my website where there's, you know, workouts, videos about recipes, things like that. Um, it's healthy-balance-life.com. 
and I you know, love questions and comments and feedback. So anything out there, let's support each other. Awesome. We will put all of that in the show notes so people can find you. Thanks so much, Gail. We really Thank appreciate you. your time.